Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Smoke News Radio Show for David Williams here. Um, I'm. This is my first uh, podcast uh, on the Blog Talk Radio since the uh, beginning of the uh, well since last year. Uh, it, which is during the Great Spirit Relay Project that I conducted to carry the message of peace to the White House, including the message for a global hemp economy, which is included in the Global Peace Plan that was delivered to the White House and the UN electronically as a part of that 7,000-mile journey uh, that I took last year in my RV across country, which is now in Santa Barbara, where I'm calling from, broadcasting from. And um, so this is an extemporaneous hour. Uh, will be followed up with some uh, tech, you know, writing and uh, conference calls. But the the reason that brought about this uh, call after several months here of um, scratching my head after the uh, nominal success or lack thereof. Uh, depending on the one perspective of my efforts last year. Um, now I'm going to start these weekly podcasts and uh, also do conference calls from time to time in between. And uh, this is uh, triggered by the notice I got about the um, status of arrangements for uh, proposing onto the California ballot for 2020 of uh, Jack Harris. What we usually call full legalization initiative for cannabis and marijuana, but um, now uh, legalization is a term has been co-opted to mean government uh, regulation and taxation, and Jack was opposed to that. He wanted uh, the government to be out of the hemp issue in terms of uh, prohibition and and tax and regulate, but treat it like any other, you know, like the most useful vegetable on the planet that it is. You know, it should be treated legally like that. Yeah, you can't put poison on it and so forth and so on, but it's a vegetable for crying out loud kind of thing. So anyway, um, what I'm going to talk about is uh, some minutes about my – uh, experience with Jack Harris since I met him in 1991 with Chris Conrad at the Roy Tuckman after they finished Roy Tuckman's radio show in Los Angeles when I watched the last half of Through the Window there at the studio and got his book and uh, talked to both of them and over the years have um, been following and involved some level or another in Jack's vision of how the global hemp economy can help save the world, basically, not only address environmental problems and economic issues with all of its many uses for prosperity, uh, and not only medicinal uses, but sacramental uses and so forth, and all that that entails. Uh, so I was uh, kind of captivated by this Jack's vision since then, and helped helped him out in 1996 and in 1998 and different times we visited in between. But um, I wanted to uh, discuss some other things too today, uh, a little bit my background and uh, a little bit about the uh, another idea called the uh, Mexodus. And so that's my latest uh, file tab name. It's created as a Facebook page for a blogger. I guess you'd say Gnome de Plume or something. Mexodus, just like Exodus with an M on it. So um, I want to talk about the California the Hemp Initiative, Jack's Initiative uh, primarily today. And uh, I'll start off by saying that I started a Facebook group, uh, CC HI 2020 um, Hemp Freedom it's called so CCHI 
2020 Hemp Freedom. Uh, I apologize, there's a typo somewhere. I put an extra H in from last time, but that's the, a Facebook group if people want to collaborate on the success to unify all the different groups that have, you know, worked together and, and odd odds over these past uh, various attempts to, to upgrade the to relax the government's oppression of this uh, plant. And um, now we're at a kind of a opportune juncture where we have the national election and this issue can be brought into that more deeply by what we can do in California. And a lot of people have a lot of good ideas and competing ideas and a lot of bruised feelings from political battles, let's say in the past and, uh, Maybe people, you know, thought one thing, and it turns out this new law we have uh, now didn't turn out as well as they thought, or whatever. But these will all be things coming up for discussion. There's a reason I'm starting uh, doing this today, partly to announce about the um, meeting coming up in San Jose. This will be on the um, let's see here. Okay. Uh, this meeting in San Jose, no, no, Santa Cruz. Um, well, if you go to the, I'll do it here. C H I 2020 Hemp Freedom. Okay. Then. I, the poster here I'm reading from it says the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative proudly presents Liberating Cannabis Hemp in 2020. The Loudon Nelson Community Center, 301 Center Street, Santa Cruz, California. And then this is um, May 18th uh, from 6 to 9 p.m., free limited seating. And this is featuring. So this is discussing getting it on the ballot for 2020 Jackson Initiative in whatever best form everybody's head can come together around. Featuring Buddy Doozy, California Cannabis Hemp Initiative 2020 Coordinator, Hemp's Solution for the New Green Deal, quote-unquote. Sean Kerman, President of, quote, Weed for Warriors Project, unquote, WFWproject.org. And Reverend Eddie Lepp, medical cannabis grower, veteran, activist, and freedom fighter. So then there's the logo for apparently it's uh, Weed for Veterans is the project, is the logo, and then the 2020 CHI initiative logo, which is kind of like a yin-yang symbol with California on one side and cannabis leaf, hemp leaf on the other side. And the CC website for them is cchi2020.org. And uh, so that's, uh, uh, I'm not going to be able to be there, but I wanted to offer uh, whatever I could to this recording and whatever I can do in between to try to, I don't know, liaison between the various personalities involved, uh, Every there's not a person involved in the, this movement that I've met and has been, you know, not that many, but a good number of those very active or communicated with have not met in person. I really, really respect, and uh, I'm disappointed everybody's at odds with one another. One another. But uh, now's the time to pull it together, and if there's anything I can do to help do that, then I'm, I'm all in. Um, okay, so uh, where is that? That's only, I guess I'm uh, nine minutes into my hour. Wow. Okay, so um, I'm going to uh, basically to set the stage. I'm I'm. Uh, proposing to connect the oh gosh 
CCHI 2020 initiative to sort of coattail with it the values, the, the peace, love, and nonviolence values associated with uh, the people who are into it. And uh, that, whether you call it, uh, whatever you call it, that effect, then uh, uh, I think we can all come together on that, whether whether it's labeled as a, a religious use, like Chris Conrad is uh, now developing, and the, which Steve Hagar, the former High Times editor, has developed on his uh, way over decades. Um, now that's coming into the fore. So, and, you know, it's, for example, right a part of the Zen culture, just uh, as another tool to, you know, open the mind kind of thing. So, um, I'll just say after I met Jack, I uh, read his book. I was blown away that uh, uh, all the different uses, and I'm, I don't think the audience for this uh, Broadcast. I don't need to repeat all the information about hemp, cannabis, marijuana, medical, all the different aspects of it. If you read Jack's book, that's just where I'm coming from. So um, then uh, along with that, um, I wanted to share some uh, – okay, let's say so – I'll, t- I'll tell the couple of stories I put in the outline for the show. I should just go through those and see what comes after that. Um, one is, uh, after, I met him in 91, so by 96, Jack was doing a ballot initiative again to try to get the full legalization. And so uh, he asked me to go and uh, man a booth, a huge booth system that he wanted to set up outside the Los Angeles Federal Building, West Los Angeles Federal Building, to collect signatures for his, um, what's now called CCHI, uh, full initiative, full legalization initiative. And um, so, but he needed somebody to stay there with 24-7. So me and my friend went there and stayed a month and camped on the lawn outside the Federal Building and uh, on the, along the sidewalk there, and because of the, the reason that it's legal to collect, to be anywhere like that, to collect signatures on a ballot initiative, which Jack had a fight, I believe he and others fought in court to get that. And um, the reason we were at the federal building is because um, the famous incident with Jack where uh, President Reagan, Jack was doing a, a booth out there at West Los Angeles Federal Building and um, had a bunch of people there, had a little event or something, collecting signatures. And somebody was waving a flag with the hemp leaf on it, and President Reagan came in that day to visit the West Los Angeles Federal Building. So the, he went in there and he asked the people in the building, well, what, uh, what are the Canadians protesting about outside? misrecognizing the flag as the Canadian flag. So that was part of Jack's story about why he wanted to keep focusing and, and do this big thing there. So we stayed there for a month, and more people came night and helped us a little bit here and there. More people came and went, and, but the, we took naps in my van across the street, my buddy and I, off and on shifts like that. And then um, uh then Dennis Perone, we were, we were also circulating uh, 215, but Jack wasn't sure about it all and trying to get his, wanted his to succeed. And so in the course of that month, different events happened there and they came together and fully energized Prop 215. And um, we had the, uh, I remember one day Jack was inside the tetrahedral lattice with a whole bunch of people doing his uh, smoking meditation and we had the peace poll for Jerusalem there that was uh, during that vigil. We got one of the days there was a kind of a merchant fair type of thing. Different uh, people sponsored it. 
or maybe it was us, I don't know. But anyway, the one traditional African guy was there and carved a symbol on this peace pole for Jerusalem that we introduced at the Unity Gathering the, in um, 1994, uh, August 20th to 28th, uh, near the Grand Canyon. Uh, it was called the Unity Festival, Drums Around the World. And um, that was the front page feature article, photo article in High Times the next month, September 94, of uh, thousands of people in the circle and ceremony with the Peace Pool for the White House. And then in that uh, ceremony, we introduced this blank log as the Peace Pool for Jerusalem. Um, and that was the one that we had there at the vigil at the federal building. So, um, you know, this was, you know, my my own uh, background on this issue. You know, I um, I first uh, smoked pot in uh, 1967 when um, my first wife was, you know, halfway through her pregnancy with our son. And uh, I was amazed, as everybody is, to discover the truth about it and how we're lied to and all this just by that experience. But uh, I wasn't a big deal for many years, but um, I did wind up uh, the – I guess I have time to make a a short story a little longer. I – I came to Santa Barbara uh, in 1974 to apply for the Ph.D. program in chemical physics and um, do a thesis, Ph.D. thesis between the chemistry and the physics department on the uh, nature of consciousness, the mind-matter effect, what they call a unified field theory in physics. But uh, didn't start anything then. They rejected my application. I didn't go through the proper protocol, and I already knew what I wanted to, the first four, the first three of four, uh, turned out to be four equations of this tetron natural unified field theory about the nature of human consciousness and how it's related to the nature of light and so forth and so on, and anyway, um, I uh, didn't know something to fig- figure out, the, I knew I was on the right track, but I didn't uh, I knew there's something else. I had another more than these three equations I started with. So then I went on this uh, research, uh, spiritual, intuitive path kind of thing. And that's what bounced me um, through so many issues. Basically, uh, my my, uh, theory portends the advent of advanced technologies, which by now people I know have been developing to help heal the earth and of course one of the uh, simplest rudimentary so to speak is the hemp applications but other advanced electromagnetic and so forth technologies you can go to Santa Barbara Science Center dot info that's hyphenated Santa hyphen Santa Barbara Santa Barbara Science Center dot info and find out about that part of my work but uh one of the stories that I wanted to relate is uh, along those lines is um, another, you know, you know, you've heard uh, Carl Sagan uh, was a pot smoker and he thought it helped him be a better scientist and this kind of thing. And so I want to, I want to tell another story like that about my friend Bruce De Palma. And um, he uh, was a scientist. Uh, he's passed away now in 1997, but I met him in uh, 1979 in May, uh, a few months after he had come to Santa Barbara to work with the Sunburst community here to develop a prototype of his uh, invention, discovery of a new kind of electric generator that didn't require any fuel and um, extracted energy as electricity from, quote, an energy field in space, unquote, 
an energy field that exists in the space that in which matter resides, an energy field that he just uh, documented the behavior of, um, proved how it worked, or, uh, observed and experiments how it worked on rotating objects and rotating and precessing objects. I don't want to go into long details about that. You can go to Bruce, Bruce, D-E-P-A-L-M-A, Bruce Day Palma.com and find out all about his work in Santa Barbara. But uh, basically he's credited as being a pioneer, modern pioneer in the so-called free energy technology movement and all the applications that, uh, that, ha- that that has. So uh, what happened with him is he was a, a teacher at MIT teaching photographic science and, uh, and physics, and he was at the same time a senior scientist at Polaroid Corporation and um, working on the invention of 3D photography, which he completed and had his name on the patent, and they didn't make him the right deal, and he wouldn't release it. And real brilliant guy. So he said when he was teaching at MIT, there was a social kind of thing going where uh, he and his students, and I don't know if there's any other teachers there, but they would go out to the country some miles out and somebody's house and party on Friday night kind of thing and uh, socialize, and Bruce would drink uh, gin and tonic or something, and people would be drinking and playing music and socializing, uh, and they always, the people would be smoking pot, and they would offer it to him, and he always refused. So he said that finally one time, he, I said, okay, so he uh, smoked some pot and got, uh, he, didn't, he said he didn't feel like he, he didn't think he felt anything, you know, he, he knew how he was feeling as far as having enough drinks, so he wasn't too gone to leave the party and drive home over this long straight road. So as he, but as he was driving back home, he said, over this long straight road where there's um, evenly spaced telephone poles along the side of the road, and he always uh, drove it to exactly at the speed limit. And um, as he was driving back home, after the first time he got, by then he was coming on to him, I guess, and uh, he noticed, one thing that was peculiar that he noticed was that the telephone poles that were, he knew as a scientific observer, right, at a certain is the speed limit he always goes, how fast the telephone poles are going by him. He says they were going by slower when he was stoned. So he thought of that as an experience of something he called and thought of in his physics mind of um, time dilation. I think that's, uh, other people use that term in physics to mean other things, but that's what he explained to me. So that set his mind off, you know, more like a blue open his mind as a straight-laced scientist that's only, only interested in reason and logic and all that. And... Um, got him into some level of thinking and then apparently after that I don't know how much time one maybe one of those I think one of those same students uh, was one of the students in physics class and they were talking about gravity and Bruce was explaining about the big rock and the small rock uh, Galileo experiment and they, they both fall the same rate and the student at Delvers asked well what if one of them is spinning and one's not well Bruce didn't know if it ever looked into, so he, they both looked into it and found out it hadn't been done. They did the experiment, found out it, it made a difference, you know, that a spinning ball falls faster than a non-spinning ball. So that led him a bunch of other things to uh, the end machine, which is this uh, energy generator that extracts energy from this energy field in space. So there's a, uh, I don't know, Carl Sagan's story about the first time he ever smoked pot and what impact it made on him. But that's uh, my uh, report uh, as far as the personal witness and experience um, from having, you know, visited De Palma here in Santa Barbara and worked to help get his uh, experiments 
investigated by the physics department and so forth uh, for several years, well, 79 to 92 when he left, went to Australia and then uh, New Zealand and 97 he passed away. But anyway, that's a, that's a story is designed to say to people that uh, might listen to this who uh, have only heard of or consider or think about or the extent of what they're aware of in the, the, the hemp cannabis uh, issue is the food, fiber, fuel, clothing, all the industrial and medicinal and quote-unquote recreational uses, but the, now really focusing on into the puzzle of this religious or spiritual use, then uh, also just whatever you call it, just opening the mind to some something that... Uh, that, like, that triggered this kind of scientific insight. Uh, in other words, if you're a musician and your mind gets opened, you, you're going to express that in that language or that expression that you do music. If you're a dancer or uh, whatever, if you're a scientist and you get that revelation, if you're a religious person, you get that opening that may get you more insight into your religion or your spiritual path kind of thing. But whatever, an open, a blown open mind, as Yamato, the, my Zen uh, teacher friend, in their culture, they use the smoking to blow out the mind, blow the dust out of the mind, kind of, he says, that kind of thing. But whatever that uh, mean, means, um, you know, there's a benefit for its its chemical effect or its its placebo effect, however you want to put that. But also, um, well, I won't go into any, any more of that detail. Okay, so that's an, an anecdote, and um, so I wanted to tell uh, I, I, I the vigil at the Los Angeles the Federal Building. Um, during, like I say, during the, that time, gears shifted uh, towards Prop 215, and um, there was one uh, one other thing I wanted to mention out of that was uh, a mysterious, uh, an odd thing happened one day that that um, inspired me to use. Uh, It's called uh, Something happened That inspired the concept Of the trumpeting water pipe Okay And uh, what it was Is uh, Dean House and I Were at the vigil My buddy And uh, uh, Both that day And there was some event I don't know if it was Some I could never figure it out. Dean thought maybe it was Iranians or somebody was doing a permitted protest with a bunch of flags closer to the building and little PA system. We couldn't quite hear what was going on or understand it, but this uh, this young boy comes running around the corner. I, my back's to this. I didn't see it, but he comes running around the corner and uh, the whole tent thing we had 10 by 50 feet kind of canopies and tables and or thereabouts, maybe 30, 40, I don't know. And uh, he comes running around it and he has this six foot length of uh, plastic water pipe, you know, the white PVC tubing that's thick walled. And then um, he comes running around towards me. So I reach out my hand to like take it from him and he gives it to me as he goes by. And he runs back over behind me, and then I, I look at Dean and I go, "Hey, wow!" And then I, I pick it up and point it toward the federal building and blow on it like a trumpet and makes a big noise. Well, I didn't know that uh, until years later he, he told me that the, that was a flag, one of those flags, and the, 
all the people at the event were looking at the kid running away with the flag that you took off before he gave you that thing. But it turns out to be a real handy, uh, I don't know if not a protest, but you can put your prayer or your voice, your sound into that simple, take a piece of PVC pipe your height and learn to use it as a loud trumpet, you know, sound your own height, and then uh, people all together, that's a drive out. We want to, I'm proposing that we hook the whole global peace and environment solution movement to the global hemp economy spearhead of the CCHI 2020 and um, people who understand uh, to create various, you know, <laughs> networks of labels of project files, whatever, that, to make it all happen. Um, so uh, I think that's all I want to talk about on the West Los Angeles thing. And then um, the next uh, interesting uh, story, I, I'd say, would um the 2008 uh, campaign, Jack was working on organizing it in 2007, and then uh, Carolyn and I went up to see Jack and Jeannie at their place in Clear Lake over Christmas of 2007. That's uh, And then we spent a few days, and then that's when he gave me uh, all the stuff I needed to help with the 2008 signature campaign and all the all the various things that you know the kit that you kind of get to to wanted me to help get uh, get it going that year. Like I helped in '96 to some tiny extent at that beginning, and then um, so okay, so then come back and. Um, then uh, put together a uh, a forum in uh, Santa Barbara at the uh, downtown library. Uh, they have a meeting room, the Faulkner Gallery, Santa Barbara F- Library, Faulkner Gallery. And so we had it uh, set up with a panel discussion of a couple of tables and some rows of seats. You know, I think there's maybe... 35 people, something like that. Not that big a turnout, as I recall, but some key folks there. Um, and then Jack was on the panel, and also Dr. David Behrman. Um, and if you don't, if you're listening to this and you don't really know uh, much about Jack Hare or his particular uh, details on this, um, you can go to jackhare.com. H-E-R-E-R, jackherr.com, and his widow, Jeannie, still maintains that, and uh, it's active on Facebook on this issue. Um, she's the one who did the graphic that you'll see on the website for the Mexodus and a few other places, uh, Earth in Glory, Our Family of Life with the Earth with the Rainbow around it. Um, she did that graphic, uh, Jeannie Herr some years ago, and um, so uh, this time um, came back to Santa Barbara, got this, put together the panel discussion in um, the Faulkner Gallery, and with Jack on the panel was uh, Dr. David Behrman, the local medical doctor who's become one of the leading experts in the medical cannabis and all kinds of, well, he's, he's a doctor who grew up, uh, I believe his father was a pharmacist. So he's all the ins and outs of the chemistry of all the, you know, addictive drugs. He's an addictive, uh, I don't know what their specialty is called. But anyway, he's also very active in the local uh, community and various levels of uh, political activity and so forth in the past. Wonderful guy. So he was on the panel, and his friend, uh, 
from the city college uh, philosophy professor. And uh, um, so we had a nice uh, bit of videotape and had it all edited bunch online and then uh, somehow it got uh, disappeared. I mean, I know how, but unfortunately I, I did. Um, but then um, after that, uh, we I, I was working for a couple of years uh, on the Dennis Kucinich for president campaign. Um, this was from the, well, first and two times, you know, uh, when he ran the first time, I got the first Yahoo group going to draft him to run, and then he ran, and I was all all over the internet. Durgis campaign the first time, is to the extent of capability and technology at the time, but a lot of my time. And then again when he ran the second time, and so I had a communication with him and uh, his wife Elizabeth, and so. Um, I heard that uh, part of Dennis running for president, he was going to come, his wife was going to come to Sacramento to give a talk. So I contacted Jack and said, hey, can you drive down there from Clear Lake and meet Elizabeth and give her a copy of your book and give her a pitch to uh, help, you know, get Dennis to champion this issue, the medical marijuana issue more strongly in the presidential campaign. So she did meet with, uh, after her event or in between somewhere, she went around back and met with them. I think anybody left was there too. Jack and Eddie were up there together in Clear Lake. And um, then she got the book and then uh, talked to Dennis. And then what happened was she had made friends with this guy in Vermont named Clayton Holton. And um, he was a, a medical marijuana activist in Vermont. And uh, he had muscular dystrophy, and he so he was like wasted away, a real thin, walking skeleton almost kind of guy. We're not walking even, of course, in a wheelchair all the time and bedridden type of real, seemingly advanced. They were filling him for all these drugs, but he couldn't get medical marijuana in Vermont, but he wanted it, and so that's that's what he was making his. Uh, activism about in Vermont was going and trailing all the presidential candidates and asking him what their stance was and getting his picture in the paper in the wheelchair asking them kind of thing. So he approached the Dennis like he did the others and his Elizabeth had the compassion and Dennis to connect with him and made friends with the guy. And uh, so then the result was uh, okay I said, uh, let's, how about uh, we get, uh, I, I talked to Jack, and how about we get Clayton to come out and uh, you guys take care of him, you know, medication and everything, and because uh, he knows that helps him. And then uh, another week, Dennis uh, is going to have an event in California. Uh, campaign speech at somewhere around San Francisco. So I say, come on, bring you then bring Clayton there, and Elizabeth will be there. And then that's the way we can get the juice, the 2008 California initiative, as well as the try to get it in the national elections kind of thing. Well, it was all going good, and then. Uh, Clayton and Jack and Eddie did a even a that that day technology video conference, you know, video over you can watch, and um, with talking about all this, and then the day that they went to take him to the meeting, <laughs> while they're driving from Clear Lake to San Francisco, then the Dennis announces he has to quit the, the presidential campaign, and then so the evening event was canceled. So then uh, what to, oh dear, what to do? So then that kind of took the wind out of the sails that year for that 
campaign. But uh, Clayson, they brought him down to Santa Barbara, and he met Dr. David Behrman that he left. And then uh, then he Clayton got some medical attention here and his meds, and then I took him up to North where he stayed for a couple of months with a grower up there before he went back to Vermont. He's passed away since, but this is uh, just uh, one of the, you know, so many years people have tried to get this ballot initiative going and so many times, and uh, this is just one, that was just one of them that I happened to have a little bit of involvement in. And uh, not much since, but uh, on the periphery, uh, in the last few campaigns, like Prop 19, Prop, whatever this latest one is, um, I was a kibitzing on the side. But uh, this time I want to really appeal to everybody to come together, uh, you know, unite the peace movement, the environment movement, and the, under the banner of a global hemp economy and then spearhead the movement for a global economy with the California uh, initiative. And it's all, I know CCHI and great, but, uh, I, I want to call it the Hemp Freedom Act, if nobody objects, 20, Hemp Freedom Act 2020 kind of thing. In California, you know, that would be a generic, my generic name for the, CCHI 2020 would be the California Hemp Freedom Act. Whatever we can get in there, on the, the best can be done to fix the problems that exist with it now and prevent others from getting, prevent things from getting worse. Um, so this would, uh, generic term would translate to a proposal for a national Hemp Freedom Act kind of thing. And uh, and uh, so you know that's that's the uh, the idea. Okay, so now how to implement that is um, obviously people. Have, I'm not involved so much that uh, I won't be going to the meetings. I I can do conference calls or whatever, but. But I hope that everybody will come together, put past differences aside, embrace one another in the spirit of unconditional love, acknowledge mistakes, get clear on current positions, uh, clear up misunderstandings, hurt feelings, apologizes, apologies, uh, a new understanding, I'm sorry, I didn't know, now I know it won't happen again kind of thing. Um, all around, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I know I rub a lot of people the wrong way, and uh, I, I'm not sure I know too many people I haven't pissed off at one point or another, but uh, I love everybody, and uh, I'm uh, doing my best I can to fulfill my commitment towards, you know, peace on earth. Um, so, okay, so I want to talk about the idea of um, how, okay, the last year, all my last year's efforts were focused on, you know, on the, the, the vision of global peace coming in the year 2020 that I received from Jose Munoz, the Mayan sacred calendar keeper. And, uh, that if global, this is a prediction of certainty kind of thing that I believe. And uh, so I thought, well, you know, President Trump's going to have to have something to do with it. He's going to be president. And, you know, it doesn't look like much peace going on now, but if he's going to be around, then he's got to get with it. Maybe give him the message of peace, you know, bring him here to the tree of peace. No, that wouldn't work. Go there and bring it. But, uh, okay, so not so many people like the idea that I wanted to approach President Trump with a, a message of peace, to, but uh, I tried. So now this uh, next step to me, uh, maybe why I've really popped out of the woodwork is 
to encouraged by the, the president's uh, commendable uh, effort on the hemp issue um, uh, to uh, broaden, to, to, you know, to uh, broaden the approach, and um, so basically. Uh, to follow up on my request to President Trump and the people of last year from the Great Spirit Relay to pay attention to the Global Peace Plan that uh, explains the message of peace symbolized by the six symbols on the Global Peace Pole. Um, but uh, I'm trying to keep track of the time here. Okay. Um, so now this time again uh, reach out to, to, uh, try to uh, got an inspiration to what to ask the president next didn't work to ask him to look at the message of peace so now what to suggest so the ideas came out as mexodus in other words uh the proposal is to ask the president to um, facilitate, or everybody to facilitate, uh, with or without, but the idea is to, the, the homeless people in the United States who don't have anything in life, some way out, that if they are willing and really want to help and do things, uh, that they would become volunteers and go to Mexico to help, uh, like the Rainbow Family uh, way, to help uh, themselves out of the way they are, but by learning the skills it needs to conduct these kind of um, self-sufficient camping, gathering, uh, family reunion, love fests, uh, to bring that energy down uh, to Mexico uh, as a counter to the this uh, uh, vibe of uh, fear and, and <laughs> danger coming from the south to like, kind of like counteract or counterpoise it with a wave of people willing to uh, build up the wave of love going back in the other direction to just uh, if you're homeless and you, you want to learn Spanish or you know it and you want to put your get involved Wow, what a wow! No, what an amazing uh, career, you know. If you could be sponsored, and the program came together, government or private, uh, you know, private would happen. Great, but the idea of asking the president to support it is the uh, the appeal, the bottom line coming toward the end of this hour of why I came out of the woodwork here after a few months to do this first podcast of uh, this year, 2019, today being May 1st, May Day. Uh, so happy May Day to everybody who that means something to, whatever it symbolizes. Um, it's also, as you know, the distress signal. May Day was uh, like you say mayday before you bail out of the plane because you're in trouble kind of thing or ships in trouble. So, um, and all the other things that, for the people and the workers and equity and justice that it stands for, happy mayday. Um, so, um, what else do I want to say here in the next... 11 minutes. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to address again the, my constant theme of last year, um, which is what I what I see is the problem with not only President Trump, but the population in general. Um, like Yamato says, so many Trumps. 
in other words, the there's a way there's, there's a range of ways of thinking, but uh, there's only there's, logically, okay, there's two kinds of people. There's people that believe that the absolute nature of truth exists and is real, or a person believes that the truth that the nature of truth is such that truth is a made-up thing that you get people to believe, and if they believe it, if you can get them to believe it, then it's true. Now, that's not to say that, uh, and that's just the way it is, okay? I mean, you can think of it as terrible and bad and all that, but Everybody to some extent is like that, right? But uh, so that's where the religious faith comes in is whatever your religion or teaching or experience that, that leads you to connect with the oneness. And if you connect uh, sacramentally or whatever way with that oneness, then you understand what I'm saying. And this, um, oh, there I go. I lost my, completely lost my train of thought. Okay, let me see here. Okay, so I have nine minutes. Okay. Uh, um, Okay, so at the same time, Mexodus, we're already there's a wave of people already you keep coming small, large, whatever. The so this is the Mexico is a part of America. The United States is a part of America. So this Mexico goes both ways across the border. And then if the so the project would be to help uh, you know, maximize the benefit and minimize the problem with all that back and all that and then this is a big enough scope think of it the president could say okay I'm going to throw this much money at this and yeah okay we'll go to all the post offices you homeless can go and sign up and uh, get a free plane ticket to Mexico or whatever uh, I think people would take advantage of it. Not if they get arrested and sent there, but if if it was all come together, man, I I think I, even I would go now. Uh, not that if I was younger, I would. But not that I can right now, but I mean, I re, the point is I refuse to go to Mexico because, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily now. And the reason is about their laws about pot. And how um, dangerous it previously uh, was to be there. I, you know, I spent nine and a half months in prison in Guadalajara in 1995 over a handful of pot, and didn't like the kind of justice system they have down there. Napoleonic law. They can here. You have three days. You have to go to a judge in three days. There. Uh, if you're arrested, right? Arraignment, uh, what do they call it? Speedy trial. There, Napoleon, common law. There, they have Napoleonic law. They give a year to bring you to, to the judge. So, meanwhile, you have to bribe somebody or do something or figure out how to get out. So, anyway, <laughs> um, why did I bring that up? Oh, that's because of Mexico. So now the laws are relaxed in that way. There's still a lot of violence, just like there is up here. Just you know, just we got to stop it by bringing out the message of peace through the practice of unconditional love, which is the essential teaching of you know. Well, if you understand, if you <laughs> if you think about it, that's the essential teaching: treat everybody unconditionally, loving. 
that's the practice. Some people are harder to love and, than others. And um, sometimes our, our um, fears and anxieties and, uh, you know, misunderstandings, different vocabularies, you know, say, say use the same word, but you mean different things and lots of misunderstandings and emotions and hurt feelings over important issues and, oh, my gosh, this is, uh, you got to get over it and um, pull ourselves together here. There's too much at stake. I don't need to go into it. Everybody can see what's going on in the world. So just five minutes, but I'm going to try to wind it up. I support uh, whatever comes out of this ECHI 2020. Um, uh, uh, I know Buddy a little bit. Uh, He came to that conference, I believe, there in Santa Barbara. I respect him. I'm sure I can work with him, help, uh, co- you know, facilitate communications. Maybe we'll do, I'll do some various conference calls. Um, and I really appreciate all the people who put so much of their lives into the peace movement and the environment movement and the hemp movement. And um appreciate your listening and your support. Um, I'm David Williams, and you can find me on Facebook as David Crockett Williams. Um, you can find the my latest sort of index page at uh, Maxodus, M-E-X-O-D-U-S, and from there, posts will take you to the myriad other places. My uh, local website here in Santa Barbara is the Santa Barbara Science Center info hyphenated and there you'll find information about the advanced technologies I referenced to replace nuclear and fossil fuel power um, ameliorate nuclear waste um, advanced water technologies um, the free energy so-called technologies, all this is uh, what's coming, Um, but we have to have peace because all that knowledge is being co-opted right now for war and secreted from the public by the governments. The knowledge is available. You can go to that uh, Santa Barbara Science Center info and get some links to information. Um, I mentioned Bruce De Palma, And I'll mention the name of uh, Thomas Bearden and uh, ask you to look at his work. He was a um, previously uh, a retired lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army um, in charge of a program for advanced electromagnetic weaponry. And then he left that and um, used that... uh, advanced engineering understanding as a activist and an inventor um, he came to an understanding of how some of the stuff that they were doing for military purposes could be used for civilian purposes and he had enough clout uh, to um, be able to do what he did and he, so he experimented and had, came up with and the only one I know got patented this generator MEG generator. His website is C-H-E-N-I-E-R-E Chenieri dot org. Thomas Bearden B-E-A-R-D-E-N. This is David Williams um, signing off today for May 1st. Um, uh, So the Great Spirit Relay Project uh, Revival of 2018 has been completed. It's a file uh, reference. The Global Peace Plan is there. That was from the 1986 was the first version. Now uh, my main umbrella file name going forward will be Nexodus, and I will uh, index from that to various uh, other things to help ex- accomplish what I've talked about today. Thank you very much. Love you all. Have a good May Day and whatever day that you whatever day that you hear this. <laughs>